Hello, and welcome to the Nostalgia Podcast. A podcast where we discuss the retelling or continuation of pop culture favorites as seen for a queer and feminist lens. My name is Eric Lefebvre. And my name is Jessica Dracero. And this week, we're real boys because we watched... Pinocchio, Pine the Disney Oak. version Eo. of Pinocchio. Yes, so this is actually a really important point for us to clarify because this is the Disney Pinocchios because we will probably be covering the non-Disney Pinocchios later because they're just too fucking Quite good soon, not to talk probably. about. Okay. Probably. Pinocchio is like Peter Pan where there is like literally a million different versions yeah. like that have come to like the big screen or whatever. So... I didn't even realize um, Guillermo del Toro has a stop animation Pinocchio that's supposed to be darker coming out in like a couple weeks. And I was like, yeah, what the fuck? So like our our podcast is always like, you know, like remakes and stuff like that. But yeah. literally like back to back of the same fucking story yeah. by like two big names. Like what the fuck? Literally, I can't believe that the Zemeckis one just came out. Also, speaking of we apparently love talking about his movies because we've talked about so many of his films. Um, I also forgot that this was a Robert Zemeckis movie um, until the end when it was like directed by Robert Zemeckis, written by Robert Zemeckis. I was just like, oh, okay. And it was like, oh, this tracks 100%. Yeah, Everything makes sense now. And so, <laughs> yeah. So listener, keep in mind, this is the original Disney cartoon animated film, Pinocchio, and the 2022 Disney Plus Robert Zemeckis Pinocchio with Tom Hanks. We will be getting into probably, and this is a spoiler alert, but later the Jonathan Taylor Thomas 90s Pinocchio, which is an absolute fucking nightmare, and the hopefully intentional nightmare of the um, Guillermo del Toro stop motion animated film Pinocchio that'll be coming out very soon. So that episode's gonna oh be coming Oh my god, too. how like on brand would that be? Like if we did like the next episode is that Pinocchio with well, like all of that, and it's like well, they it's, did it again. Like, yeah. look at how relevant we are to Pinocchios. I, that, Who asked for this? What the fuck? <laughs> that would be so funny. I would just make a meme cover for it. Like, invert the colors. Incredible. Um. So, yeah, that's what we're doing this week. It's a little saucy. It's a little spicy. Jess, what is your history with Pinocchio as an idea, as a character, and as a story? Um. So, I watched Pinocchio growing up a couple times and working for Schmizny. For many, many years, um, growing up and going to Disneyland all the time, uh, not all the time, uh, but like going to Disneyland, like I remember being absolutely terrified of going into Monstro's Mouth for the storybook, uh, where it's Terrifying. just like little fucking houses. Like you go into the the whale, of, or it, you go into Monstro, he fucking eats you. And then there's like uh, this like little model of Snow White's house, you know, and it's like what the fuck but i mean canonically all of the rides in fantasy land are terrifying like you literally go to hell in um snow mr. Toad's white. Wild ride. yeah you uh, i'm and mr toad yeah snow white the trees like gave me nightmares forever oh um, scary as fuck everything uh all those dark rides are really terrifying so yeah watched it no i mean there's like so many different iconic lines there's like when you wish upon a star which that theme then became synonymous with disney's um logo right whenever like it's like walt disney pictures it's that's da 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 like right that's it's the titular song it's the disney it is. song so yeah there's a lot of that um in here but also like 
I don't know. It's um, going back and watching it was wild. So that's me and Pinocchio. Um, I uh, that's me. How about you? Yeah, I don't really have a lot with Pinocchio. Um, I did see it when I was younger. I think, like I was discussing last night, and like we will probably discuss in a later episode. My affiliation is really engulfed in the weird, vivid, sort of like nightmarish um, flashes of memory from the Jonathan Taylor Thomas Pinocchio that like come to me every now and again and I forget exists. So that's really my history with it. (laughs) Um, I don't really care about Pinocchio. Pinocchio is fine. It is one of the darker stories that really like... It obviously gets like a new like happy take, but even in this happy take, it's still fucking gross and like very, very scary. So I I'm do, excited to talk about it. I do kind of miss like some of the darker elements that were in like some of those older stories. Yeah. And I think sometimes when these stories get redone by taking that out and just making everything sunshine and rainbows, it like it diminishes a lot of the story and the work and everything. But yeah. I don't know. We'll get into it. Did that happen with this Pinocchio? You, listener, are about to find out. You're going to check it out. Let's dig in. In late 19th century Italy, a woodworker named Geppetto carves a marionette of a little boy he decides to name Pinocchio. All evening, he runs around the house playing with Pinocchio, his cat Figaro, his fish Cleo, and his 1800 cuckoo clocks. Before heading to bed, Geppetto makes a wish on a star, hoping it will come true, and Pinocchio will become a real boy. While he and his animal companions are asleep that night, the Blue Fairy makes an appearance and promptly makes Pinocchio come to life and names Jiminy Cricket, an actual cricket and uninvited guest, Pinocchio's conscience. The Blue Fairy leaves and Geppetto wakes up to find his wish has come true. After a quick celebration and a long sleep, Geppetto decides to send Pinocchio to school. On the way, Pinocchio meets a pair of foxes that convince him to skip school and join the traveling marionette show, earning themselves some coin in the process. Jiminy, who just so happened to sleep in and miss the whole exchange, tries to convince Pinocchio to go back to school and throws a tantrum when Pinocchio decides to pursue his acting career. Pinocchio performs that same evening and is a huge hit, which prompts the show owner Stromboli to lock him up and force him to perform in the next town. Jiminy finally shows up and immediately gives up on freeing Pinocchio, but the Blue Fairy shows up and bails them out despite Pinocchio lying to her for literally no reason. On the way home, Pinocchio is scooped up by the foxes again and sent to Pleasure Island where, quote, bad boys, end quote, are taken and allowed to break rules and generally be awful with no repercussions. Except, all the boys eventually turn into jackasses for behaving like jackasses and are sold off to do manual labor. Yikes. Pinocchio manages to escape from the island, but picks up a pair of ears and tail along the way and finally makes it back home to see Geppetto, only he is gone. A letter from the Blue Fairy tells Pinocchio that Geppetto is out at sea looking for him, so Pinocchio sets out to find him in the literal belly of the beast Monstro. Once he finds Geppetto, they all escape Monstro's stomach by making him sneeze, and the Blue Fairy makes Pinocchio a real boy. First and foremost, is this where they got Red Lobster from to make the Red Lobster restaurants? 
That's my big question. <laughs> it is the question on everyone's lips. It's a question on okay, everyone's wait, minds, really. Explain this to me because I've never f- been to a Red Lobster because I'm allergic to shellfish. So for all well, of us that have a shellfish allergy and have never partaken in the Red Lobster experience, please. Well, so the tavern that the two foxes are in when he eats that delicious looking cigar donut and dips it into the beer, that whole scene. Oh my God. That's it takes place. Incredible. The storefront is called Red Lobster. Holy Just shit. Red Lobster. Is it? It's called Red Lobster. <laughs> that's all it's called. I think it's like the Red Lobster Tavern, maybe, but it's like big letters Red Lobster and they're inside eating and drinking and being merry. And I'm like, Red Lobster, mm. Red Lobster, Red Lobster, Red Lobster. So I thought that was fun. And also as a kid, um, it's disgusting now the idea of it. But when you're a child, things look appetizing regardless. So when he eats that smoked donut, I was like, I bet that's really fucking good. Like, oh my God, I want to eat that smoked donut. Ooh, I want that smoked donut. Um, it looks so yummy and I wanted to eat it so bad. Okay. I mean, maybe you were just like into like the idea of dipping con- donuts in coffee because that does sound fucking it's possible. good right now. Honestly, that sounds so good. I've had so much coffee today and I want more. Um, So I do want to speak to the star of the show. I want to talk a little bit about Figaro. Okay. Yes. Figaro Figaro is like literally all my notes because Figaro carries this entire movie. The star of the film. It's perfect. And literally like if you cut. If there's a supercut somewhere of just Figaro of this movie, it's perfect. 10 out of 10, that's all I need. Someone get Lord on the phone now. Oh my God, do yeah, it. Yeah, literally. Do it. I, I Figaro, the cutest, cutest everything. Like, hey, Figaro, can you shut the window? Like, the like half turn, like, are you fucking kidding me, <laughs> old man? When, are you, when are he's you in fucking his serious? little bed that is made for him that says Figaro and he's like tucked it's, himself in. It, I'm just like, I cannot with him. Like, and then he's like dancing with Pinocchio and then like him like getting jealous and then not wanting to say goodnight to Cleo, the little fish, but like reluctantly just being like, nah, okay, fine, bye. But like, yeah. Also, when he's sitting down to eat his little fishy dinner, that he's got like his own little chair that is carved perfectly for him and this like beautiful looking fish with and he's just like so ready every single scene. Uh, also him like sneaking under Geppetto's feet, like oh my the god. Cutest, the wanting cutest to go to kitty. school like, with Pinocchio, like oh my god. Like just wanting to like <laughs> do the little uh it's just this cat this cat's a winner. This cat is a fucking star. Uh, fuck the Aristocats. This is the cat of. This is the cat. Ever, this is the cat. The Disney of animation Disney. cat. This um, is him. There's Figaro's this little the cutest... section. Yeah. Um, in the Disneyland, in Disneyland, there's like one little section, like where if you look up and to like the right somewhere, there's like a little animatronic of Figaro, and it's one of my favorite spots in the park purely because Figaro <sighs> is there. Um, but like you would never notice it if you knew what. If you didn't know it was there, yeah, oh, yeah, figure is the best. Um, I have a nothing take that I just want to talk about because I think it's fun and possibly real, but who knows? Um, Geppetto's gay. Okay, I think. Well, no, here's here's my thing. He's like he's this super content, very boisterous, a little flamboyant older man. 
who loves his pets and like they're his chi- he treats them like they're his children like mm-hmm. he does not have any sort of companion he is all alone he is a tinkerer and um an effeminate tinkerer at that and there's this longing for him to be a father there's this longing for him to to not only be a father but kind of like I feel like he wants by creating Pinocchio he wants to give him possibly the childhood that he never had Mm-hmm. And so there's an element of like starting over and maybe like having a better life, which there's an assumption of like his life is hard. I know at that time life was just hard, especially if you were poor and a lot of people were poor and I understand that. But like it leads me down the path of like he's been gay, he's been persecuted for it, and now he's just trying to live like his merry old life. Nothing more really attests to that idea apart from my speculation. But I just think it's an interesting idea. And if it's true, I love it. I love the idea of it. Um, I'm here for it. Because yeah. then also the rest, like I, we'll talk about more more later. But as we get into the sort of like the narrative surrounding like learned masculine behavior and learned masculine uh, toxicity and how that like is an entrapment like it entraps you into this this shitty like you just become a literal monster a literal donkey like you become an animal you're taught these behaviors and suddenly you're like just like the rest of them you've become this animal um because of this system that forces you to do these things and suddenly everything's gone and your life is over because of that notion and that like piece of the narrative that's what makes me think that like oh well he's like he's the opposite of all that he's like careful he's like precise he's he's intentional he's flamboyant he's a little bombastic he's like silly he's silly in a way that feels so earnest and so like non-performative that like all of the other men in this film are all these just like raw grumpy raw I'm a big mean guy and he's just like oh he's like he's a little soft f word you he know wants what I mean to sit there and play <laughs> with his like cat and his fish and his yeah. toys that he makes he makes toys and he like literally every part of his home is embellished to like um one of the things I love the most about Chachkis um, gay yeah yeah sorry like, one of the things gay. I love about uh old disney animation is the background work um and if you not to keep talking about disneyland but if you go to california adventure and you sit in um uh, the animation building they will project these big beautiful backgrounds like on the walls that are like you know like as big as a building and to see them like you know blown up that big just like to sit in that world for a moment is like so incredible and so I love going back, even if I don't love the Disney film, like I love going back and sitting in this world where it's like so well drawn and so well thought out and so detailed. Like, and I think that that's where this really shines because it shows the detail work that he puts in like literally like the the chair legs have like this cool little intricate thing. Nobody's ever going to see that. Why do you do it? Just because, like, you know, because he could, because he wants to surround himself with, like, beautiful things that make him happy, you know, and he wants to create things rather than destroy them. Like, it's it's so wonderful. Yeah. And that and that leads to the sort of queer charm of him. Like, it's there's a there's a there's a tenderness that every other man in this movie lacks that he 
like has him just drove. Like he's just he's filled to the brim with that sort of queer joyous embellishment that we get so little of from all the other men. And that's what just makes me think about it. Um, apart from the speculation of it, there isn't really anything else there. But I just thought it was cute. Um, what the fuck is up with his cuckoo clocks? Because okay, it's way worse than the second one. I have a lot to say about. Oh it Oh my second god, I have one. so much to say about so, it in the second um, one. My my first rant, um, as soon as we finish the intro, is going to be me going on about those fucking cuckoo clocks for ten it's, minutes it's, and how his wife a is a monster. Um, yeah, but yeah, the cuckoo clocks. I was like okay (laughs) like the design for some of them i mean it's hard because it's like part of me 40s when this was made yeah and part of me is also i think it's like 85 years like this is the biggest gap that we've had we um i went back and looked um with and so even though we've done films that like you know uh maybe hold up better or whatever like the 1940 to 19 uh to 2022 is the largest gap that we have covered in film here on this wow. uh, podcast. So fucking sick. So yeah, I mean, breaking ground here. That's so cool. But I know that it's the 40s. And now that we've sort of discussed this speculative queer thing, um, part of me wonders if like all of these carved toys and all of these clocks are a way for him to sort of purge his trauma, the masculinity and the toxic aspects of society. It could be his trauma. Like what is up with the cuckoo clock of the kid, the kid getting beat? Spanked. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Then there's also like the drunkard in the tavern cuckoo clock. I I just, there's part of me that just thinks like, is it his way of sort of coping, but also his way of sort of reconciling with the things that he may have been or the things that he may not have liked about himself or maybe the, just the things that he doesn't like with the world. Yeah. We don't get it enough. And I know the like at first pass, it's like, what the fuck is this guy? Car-? Like, these are weird, gross clocks. But I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, could it could be. It could be a therapy for him. I like that a lot. And I, I like this. Because I went into this, like, being like, okay, Geppetto, like, why does he want a kid? Like, you know, just kind of like, all right. Like, I like he is the sweetest man. And I love that about him. I love that he takes his cat and his fish everywhere. I love that they are, you know, he will do anything for Pinocchio, even though, you know, he, like, literally just met him, like, you know, like, overnight. He's like, oh, well, I'm going to take care of you. Great. Like, I love that and I love the tenderness and the softness that you were talking about and like the playfulness and I think that that is really great especially when you know paired against literally every other man in the story and we can't say I mean there's no other women right there's the blue fairy and she's just there to fix all of the mistakes that men make um yeah but which (laughs) I do love the idea of that where she's like honestly you guys are a fucking mess but like here you go bye <laughs> figure it out <laughs> then there's cleo the hot fish who the, oh my god hot the hot for some reason. fish with fucking <laughs> hot horny eyes my god oh my god um she she was cool though she was great yeah she um, was sick i but will like, i i like yeah, that same and also there's like the way he like you said he really cares about pinocchio in this way we're like he he's like you need a chaperone like you need a conscience the world is going to literally tear you apart it's going to see you and it's going to sh- it's going to shape you into whatever it wants you to be because you don't have 
the the life skills. So Jiminy, go be his conscience. Take care of him. Like he needs guidance. Please do that. Um, I but mean, also Jiminy Cricket's just like Jiminy. I think if he knew about Jiminy, he'd be like, "What the fuck?" Because okay, well yeah, Jiminy, that's true. I fucking hate Jiminy. He's I, a horny little he's, fucking weirdo. He's so horny. Like in every iteration, like he's the horniest and the worst at his job. Like I don't understand what he thought would qualify him. I mean, I do because he's a big old boomer, right? Because he thinks that he knows right from wrong and he could teach everybody when he's literally squatting in this house, like uninvited, like trying to pretend like, you know, uh, like, I don't know. I, I don't love that he's... I don't love him at all. I hate his character. And so um, that brings me to the next point where Jiminy Cricket is actually an allegory for Jesus Christ. Um, so oh, yeah. If Phonetically, you say, like, too. Jiminy that was Crickets, like... right? Instead of Jesus Christ, you know, instead of taking God's name in vain. So and then when you look at his character and a lot of the, you know, wisdom he tries to impart and a lot of like uh, stuff like that, it's like, oh, yeah, this absolutely is it. And then like you see the Blue Fairies writing where it looks like this biblical writing, you know, but like he uh, he has these lines where he's like, oh, well, people don't listen to the small voice in their head. That's the trouble with the world today. And then um, he's like uh, dubbed like the Lord High Keeper of right and wrong. Keep like, you know, keeper of temptation, guide along the straight and narrow path. Right. Like at every moment they want to like this whole story is isn't really about finding a conscience. And it's like I hate that Jiminy just doesn't work in any sense of, as a character. Um, but he's like, oh, I am right and wrong. I am this, but he's so bad at it. He's late at the job. He's, um, mad when he's like, oh, I'm not your best friend. He, um, he like tries to help Pinocchio and he's like, oh, well, you know, this cage is locked. There's literally nothing I could do Bye. you know, he's like so quick to anger and so quick to just like, like blame everybody else, but himself. And that's not what a conscience does. Like he he's like pretending like and the story like lifts him up. And and so does like in like the zeitgeist. It's like, oh, Jiminy Cricket, you, you need a conscience. But when you look at the character, he never actually says, you know, like he's always late. He's never around. He's always gone. Right. And he comes up and he's like, oh, maybe don't do that, Pinocchio. But he doesn't have like any good arguments for it. He doesn't even like really try. He's just like, oh, well, you're not going to like listen to what I have to say, like right off the bat. Like, fine. Fuck you. Right. And like his first like the first thing he wants to do in one of the scenes is to solve a situation by fighting a kid, you know, and then he uh, talks to the uh, when he's talking to the blue fairy because Pinocchio is lying out his nose. Um, he's like, oh, well, you know, give him a chance for me. Right. But that's not about um, Pinocchio. It's never about Pinocchio. It's about him and trying to elevate who he is and where he is and uphold his idea of who he is, where he is the moral right and wrong when he literally does nothing and says nothing and never helps anybody. So if Pinocchio fails, then he fails. And that changes his status and that also changes you know that challenges his perception of himself so like Jiminy is like literally the worst fucking character and is not a conscience at all and is never there for Pinocchio also to this weird sort of Jesus Christ allegory conversation apart from just the the namesake I mean the latter half of the film is just Jonah and the whale like they get eaten up by the big whale like it's just there's there's so many elements of this that reek of of 
Christian propaganda. I mean, also the gluttonous anarchists who get turned into beasts and sold off into slavery because they were disgusting and gluttonous and and took the Lord's name in vain and were horny and fornicating. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they they deserve what they got, which also bleeds into the um, why is this a film about child trafficking? Um, it's just right? so like- scary and gross. And it's like the moral being like, don't follow them because of whatever. It's like, yeah, 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 for sure. But like, what about um the people who captured them? Like, it's not, they were, it's entrapment. It's mm-hmm. kidnapping. It's trafficking. It's like, why why is this and i know that it's because pinocchio is a boy and so they're trying to pit it um like other boys doing bad and getting in trouble for being bad um cool but even then it's like those kids are kids they're fucking children and they're being trafficked by strange men taking them to an island called pleasure fucking island which is so gross and scary and so terrifying and like jesus fucking christ yeah jesus christ yeah and Um, it's like they go to kid vegas basically right because they're like they're playing pool they're drinking they're um bet like they're smoking they're like there's no rules they're breaking everything they're fighting and because like there's also a problem with um with this because this is saying not necessarily that you know like Um, these kids were raised wrong or everything, but this is inherently who kids are without Christ, right? Without without a moral conscience. And you will literally go to hell being taken by these like shadow demons, right? You'll go to hell and you'll be put to work for eternity for like, you know, um, and like, that's awful. Um, I really hate stories that like, and a lot of like older stories do this where they they try to like scare you into obedience. Yes. Um, and it's awful. It's a Christian moralist scare tactic yes. is what this story is at the end of the day, really. Um, and Pinocchio becomes a real boy because he ended up, you know, rebuking the lifestyle. Like it's just. But here's, it's weird here's another and gross. thing. He got a chance. He got two yeah. chances, right? Like he. He escapes Stromboli. Mm hmm. He escapes Pleasure Island. Mm-hmm. And and that was given to him by the Blue Fairy, right? Um, which also, like, when she spouts off everything that she says, almost everything she says, I feel like could be a Bible scripture. Oh, I she know. She says stuff. Um, also, her animation is, like, the most... And they do this a lot in old animation for, like, pretty women or whatever, where... It's a woman is the like the most realistic. Like she's in a cartoon world, but she's drawn more realistic than anybody else, right? But she says, "Prove yourself brave, truthful, and unselfish, and you can earn real. Like it's basically you can earn real personhood. Choose right, uh, choose over right and wrong. Like you know, let conscience be your guide." But this kid has no concept of that. Doesn't understand what a conscience is doesn't understand right from wrong like he doesn't have any of that right so for her to say that is fucked up and then there's the a lie keeps growing and growing till it's plain as the nose on your face right like okay whatever then there's like a boy who's no good might as well be made of wood and then there's a couple of moments where i'm just like this is bad (laughs) yeah like it's scary and weird and like reeks of christian propaganda um speaking of christian propaganda 
let's talk about Stromboli. Um, Stromboli, his caricature anti-Semitic structured ass character, what is with, like, I mean, we know what's with it. It's anti-Semitism and it's, it's, it's racism in action, but it is just like the weird exaggerated facial features that it's supposed to demean other races and cultures um, in a way that none of the white characters get these hyper exaggerated features. It's like, oh, he's relatively not white. Cool. Big lips, big nose, big eyebrows. Like, let's make. And it's just it's the grossest, most unambiguously racist shit. And not only that, but he's like a greedy fucking monster who like can't stop thinking about money and like. He is like, like, it's just, it's just, it reeks of JK Rowling. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the nastiness of this caricature. And is I so... feel like they double down on that in the next one and make it even Kinda. worse if possible. I mean, it is possible, but yeah. Not to be, not to be weird, but literally Robert Zemeckis' last film did the same thing with the anti-Semitism in the original yeah, text. With the witches. So, uh, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> Bobby um. Z, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> Do we need to talk? Are you? Do you need to like um, go to? You need to go to therapy. Should we talk about stuff or like where's the nuance? Because they, you. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, Stromboli is a fucking mess. Uh, is a shit character. I will say also, I got no strings on me as a fucking pop. I mean, apart from. All of Stromboli's bullshit, and apart from Pinocchio's strife in the moment, I ain't got strings on me. Slay. Slap, crackle, pop, put it on a vinyl, ship it off to Urban Outfitters, because they're going to sell. Also. Um, it's so good. So I, when I was watching this, I you know, and listening to the iconic song that I've heard so many times from Fireworks and, and Fantasmic and all of this, right? Um, I Watching this, I was like, yeah, okay, you've got no strings. But like looking at the the subtext and all of that, I mean like he has the most strings out of everybody because he like he's being pulled in so many different directions oh. by so many different people. Like, you know, he's he's tethered by like these strings of morality and going in both ways and literally kind of like just going wherever somebody pulls him basically. Like he's so impressionable that he just meets somebody and inherently trusts them, which this is like, you know, they're trying to say that like boys inherit nature or whatever, or like poor people are bad with like, you know, Fox, the Fox characters or, you know, the the boy kids that like go to Pleasure Island. But like this is inherently how we are when we like we we don't have a reason to distrust people until like, you know, you learn the ways. Of the world. I think we were talking about this yesterday, literally um, about how capitalism makes a society to where you can't ask for help and like you know just people are going to take advantage of you and then you like you shield yourself and it's like anti-community and and everything but for Pinocchio yeah like he's literally he's tethered by the strings of morality and everybody is like that comes along just kind of pushes him pulls him to where you know their direction so he's like oh yeah acting that sounds cool like sure and he doesn't even realize like you know when 
when uh, Jiminy comes up and like for two seconds, like, oh, my God, just go to school. And he's like, I'm going to be an actor. This is great. And Jiminy's like, well, fuck you, too. And runs off. Right. Like Pinocchio just like doesn't see what's wrong about that because nobody's taking the time to explain anything to him. And I feel like if anything like this, because why does he go to the theater? Why does he go to acting? Because uh, these two foxes who are poor and who need money see that this uh, Stromboli is in town and want to give him Pinocchio for money. They sell Pinocchio into slavery. And then Pinocchio is again tried to make a slave into like, you know, a donkey at, at Pleasure Island. Right. So everything bad that happens to him is because of capitalism. It's all because of capitalism. He is thrown into the rapids of capital. And it's so gross because, like, if money wasn't involved, like, the only reason these bad people are doing these bad things is to turn a profit. Because in the system, that's the only way they can make money, and money is the only way you can live. And there's no help, and there's no break. There's no reprieve from this system. Um, Yeah, like, we were talking about this yesterday but it was very much and and for the listener um you'll have no idea what yesterday was for us <laughs> you'll have no sense of time or context for like where we were what we were talking about and you know what that's okay because this is for us so um but yeah we were talking about it yesterday about just the whole the fucking capitalism is any everything that is anti-humane like inhumane it is the opposite of like our natural state of oneness and existence in the world the way we're supposed to be humans and live here on earth capitalism is the exact opposite of it it is divisive it is insidious it is intentionally dismissive belittling and it is the worst. It's the fucking worst. Capitalism, it ruins everything. And it's so disgusting and bad. And Pinocchio is no different. It's kind of interesting, I think, that we get Pinocchio as a character that was born yesterday, right? Like, I'm used to watching science fiction. So I'm used to saying the, like, sexy born yesterday or born sexy, like, you know, that sort of thing. I'm um, a sexy baby. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm, look at me. This element. Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> Which, I mean, I will say, Which is it was on Masterpiece. That movie is so good. And like, Mila Jovovich forever. But we yes, can. she perpetuates the listeners. sexy baby trope for sure. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's not lost I mean, on the, me. She the, does. The, yeah. It's and it's fine because she she's hot. <laughs> but anyways, um, him being like this character that's born yesterday, trying to find a morality, being taken like advantage of everybody. Like, it's interesting because Pinocchio, he hasn't even like had a thought for like more than like a day. Right. So like when we first meet him, he is like literally at like he has to be told not to touch fire and he keeps asking Geppetto why 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 and which is so cute like until they fall asleep right um and then he's like everything he sees he's like questioning he's like oh why this right and he doesn't he can't even understand the concept of lying which I do think that the lying sequence was weird and I don't think that that was I, I didn't like that just because it it didn't feel like there was a setup for it and it didn't feel like there was like really a need for that like where did he learn this concept and he doesn't even know what being in trouble is really like why is he going to be afraid of the you know afraid of this um so i i have issues with that in in both iterations but he doesn't start to learn to think about the choices that he makes or the bad things that are happening until 
the physical manifestation of those consequences start showing up like in one like when he gets locked up by Stromboli and then he's like oh there are consequences to running off and you know not going to school which I think that's stupid but so there, there's a consequence. He starts crying because, oh, I did mess up. I should have gone to school, right? When he's on Pleasure Island, he doesn't really think about what's going on until he uh, sees his friend start to turn into a donkey and then starts to get, like, turned into a donkey himself. And then he's like, oh, okay, this is bad, right? So we're we're seeing him kind of learn that. And, you know, we see him, like, seem fearless, but the only reason he's fearless is because he has no context of fear, right? He has no context for anything. So he goes to find Monstro and is asking all the sea creatures for help, and they're like, what? And, like, even after <laughs> being thrown into, like, a cage and even after almost being enslaved again, you know, like, he's still like, fear, what's that, you know? I mean, he is, like, a little white boy, um, but still... Yeah. He doesn't really have context for any of this because, like, I think he didn't have enough time with Geppetto before Geppetto was like, oh, you should go to school, right? Like, let's, what, let's what? teach eight, you. Let's... Eight hours after being born, like, hey, King, go to and, school. Like, six of those were sleeping. <laughs> yeah. It's you very know. goofy. But yeah, so um, I, I thought that that was interesting and also very true like no like any young person i mean even a lot of older people a, a lot of people don't think about the choices that we're making until we start to see some sort of consequence right hello climate change yeah um and now like oh shit we need to take care of this like yeah like trust fucking science but yeah i i thought that that was fun a fun idea it's a kind of a mishmash film I, to a certain degree, get why it is a classic-ish. I feel like it's a classic because of the, you know, the majority of Disney, con Christian Disney consumers, right? Where they're like, yes, this will teach my kid right from wrong. Or it's like nostalgia, like I watched this, now you watch this, you know? Like, um, I don't think any, this because this film was watched by so many people when they were so young, I don't really think that they think about what's actually happening because it looks like oh yeah i know this story and you know my kids are gonna watch it but it's kind of a nothing it's kind of a nothing except for the no strings it's, on me it's just and figure it's like it's, it's figaro it's that's fear, the whole movie it's fear propaganda for children like that's yeah. all it is it's like a reiterative be good and don't be bad or else you're going to fucking die. Oh, cool. Thanks, Mom and Dad. So excited to watch this film. Great. It's just another whatever Disney film that I don't know. Fuck Disney. <laughs> Should we move on? Dang. Yeah. Let's Yay. do it. Okay. In the late 19th century Italy, a woodworker named Geppetto carves a marionette of a little boy he decides to name Pinocchio. All evening, he runs around the house playing with Pinocchio, his cat Figaro, his fish Cleo, and his 1800 cuckoo clocks. Before going to bed, Geppetto makes a wish on a star, hoping it will come true, and Pinocchio will become a real boy. While he and his animal companions are asleep that night, the blue fairy makes an appearance and promptly makes Pinocchio come to life and names Jiminy Cricket, an actual cricket and uninvited guest, Pinocchio's conscience. The blue fairy leaves and Geppetto wakes to find his wish has come true. After a few days of celebrating indoors, Geppetto decides to send Pinocchio to school. 
On the way, Pinocchio meets a pair of foxes that convince him to skip school and join the traveling marionette show, earning themselves some coin in the process. Jiminy, who just so happened to sleep in and miss the whole exchange, tries to convince Pinocchio to go back to school and throws a tantrum when Pinocchio decides to pursue his acting career instead. Pinocchio performs that same evening and is a huge hit and makes friends with young disabled puppeteer Fabiana, which prompts the show owner Stromboli to lock him up and force him to perform in the next town. Jiminy finally shows up and works with Fabiana to help Pinocchio escape. On the way home, Pinocchio is scooped up by a coach full of children on their way to Pleasure Island where bad children are taken and allowed to break the rules and be generally awful with no repercussions. Except all the kids eventually turn into jackasses for behaving like jackasses and are sold off to do manual labor. Yikes. Pinocchio manages to escape the island but picks up a pair of ears and a tail along the way and finally makes it back home only to find Geppetto is gone. A garbage-eating seagull tells them Geppetto is out at sea looking for him, so Pinocchio sets out to find him in the literal belly of the beast, Monstro. Once he finds Geppetto, they all escape Monstro's stomach by making him sneeze. Geppetto dies in the process, but is brought back to life by puppet tears. Insert questionably ambiguous ending. Is Pinocchio turned into a real boy, or does he stay a puppet? Who knows, says the narrator. Now, Best line in any Disney film might be in this movie. Okay, hit me. When Jiminy Cricket is trying to convince Pinocchio that he wants to be real and that he should be real, Pinocchio responds with, why would you want to be real when you could be famous? (laughs) Slay. (laughs) Cut and print. Pinocchio is so right. Why would I want to be real when I could be famous? It's so true. I mean, like, really, the writing for this movie is just, like, on point. Some of it's really good. Like They have a Chris Pine joke, um, uh, which, you know, of course. I have have some character, like, I have some, I mean, Sophie, like, let's, okay, since we started the last one with um, Figaro, let's talk about Sophia. Uh, Sophia the Seagull. Um, Really funny intro like what a weird new character to like throw in here is so inconsequential means nothing but it's like so fun is canonically gay um quack 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 slay 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 says the seagull she's great i loved her she was nothing she meant nothing she's a nothing character but she was so fun uh yeah i didn't have any notes for her she was just kind of like she was there and she ate garbage and i was like cool i'm into it (laughs) Yeah, And, like, whenever, like, Jiminy tried to, like, volunteer her to, like, you know, take both of them out to find um, uh, Geppetto, she was like, uh-uh, that's not at all what I said. Um, you, you're on your own. <laughs> you want to know what this movie is for me? And I know, like, I feel like base level, off the bat, this movie's bad. Yes. I think this movie's bad the, and dumb. The writing is also bad. I was... It's, yeah. I was it's not a... a exaggerating i was like doing a bit Um... it's not a good movie (laughs) so if you're listening to this it's like it's like adequate fine at best and nothing bad at worst um this movie really shows the wackiness of robert zemeckis in all of the bad aspects of the way that he tells stories this movie, it really feels like he watched the SpongeBob SquarePants movie and was like, got it. I know what I'm going to do fully and completely with uh, Pinocchio Goes Sonic 
at the end, Sonic fucking boat. Oh my god, I was like, where did he get super speed? Where is this from? He's kicking his like so fast from? he turns into a fucking speedboat. Like, what is this? What is yeah. this film? And not only that, but like I I trust me, I love the inclusion of like characters of color. I'm all about that, especially for a movie that historically is so, so, so white. But Fabiana, um, why did we need to give Pinocchio a fucking love interest? He's a literal baby. And suddenly he sees his other puppet slash puppet master. And it's like, oh, am I fucking horny? And you're like, what are we doing here, Robert Zemeckis? Okay. What are, what so you, I have. What are we doing with this? I have this a is... bunch of issues <laughs> with with all of that. First of all, because, so yes, weird. Pinocchio it's is a so fucking weird. child. Second of all, the the he doesn't. He's not in love with Fabiana. He's like in love with the puppet that she's playing. So she is like playing him, pretending like it, like the. But it, it cuts between the puppet and her, and then there's a couple times he like he, looks up at her. Pinocchio and I'm like, thinks that he's talking to the puppet. He thinks the puppet is alive too because he has no context for this. He doesn't realize that the puppet is not real. She has a name. Her name is, I, I forget what it is, but she has her own name. When he's talking, he's talking and looking at her. He's not looking at Fabiana, which is even worse because she's a disabled woman of color and she still is not seen. She's not allowed to be seen or trusted no. by the main character, right? And to make things even worse, she, so she, she's disabled. And she is able to be apparently this amazing puppeteer because she's disabled. Okay, fine. But all of the other people that Stromboli employs are all disabled and they are all paid starvation wages and they are treated like garbage and they're basically slaves and they can't fucking leave. So Stromboli, <laughs> like, you know, picks up all the disabled people and is like, you're nothing. I don't need to it's, pay you. Okay. And it's... she's like, <laughs> I mean, like, it's so literally cool. and every time that they every time that she was on screen, they had to make sure that we see her, her um, ankle uh, like uh, that. She's disabled. It's like, remember, she's disabled. And it's like, this is not how you write disabled characters. Okay. This is not representation. This is like this is incredibly bad. Zemeckis, you are fucking it's, bad it's, at this. It's it's so goofy because it's literally the epitome of of like we need more characters of color in film, which is like, yeah, we do. But then suddenly it's like, okay, but what if they were slaves? And you're like, wait, 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 wait. And what if they were all disabled and poor and near death? Wait, stop. No. And what if we just kept all the main characters who are able-bodied, perfect, and gorgeous white? Stop. Like, you're and doing the exact wrong thing. And what if they weren't allowed to, thing. like, have conversations as themselves? They had to have a proxy in order to have it's... these conversations and be seen. It is the most typical white mistake for these white filmmakers to be doing shit like this, where it's like, see, we're like on with the times we get diversity, we get progress. And it's like, you don't, you like, look at this film. Here you we clearly go. don't get it. Okay. You don't get what you're doing. <laughs> okay. What's hot right now. All right. So what, what do we need to make sure that we include? Okay. We need a disabled person. We need a woman and we need a person of color. You know what? I got it. We have the perfect character. Jess. It's all of those, to all those like token characters rolled into one. And like when she like is talking to Pinocchio through the fucking puppet, right? It's like supposed to be this moment of like, oh, how sweet she's helping him. But no, that like she's helping him by like erasing herself, by diminishing it's... herself and making herself small and perpetuating 
this awful like where she can't even she's not even allowed to be seen on stage right like she's flying in the rafters above it's so bad and weird i will say though juxtapposedly on the other end we have star of the stage and screen cynthia erivo as the blue fairy which i mean our new alphaba queen oh yeah yeah she's so she's literally so fucking talented like i can't she's 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 incredible and she was incredible in this um i love that she said what we were thinking she's like okay we get that he's made from pine okay fine and then like you know pinocchio like geppetto is like oh my god my my dead son and dead wife right like i feel so bad and she's like yo if this guy wanted to have a kid why didn't he just go have a kid (laughs) right yeah like she's asking all these questions and like calls jiminy out on his like bullshit yeah um she's the best part of the movie she does have a line where she's like fate is kind and it was like okay but that took away geppetto's wife and kid like don't fucking say that don't bring fate into this shit that's my only line that I had a problem with for her, but every other uh, every other time was a fucking uh, slay. But she's so good, and hearing her sing the song is so amazing, and I'm just so impressed by her, and her character was perfect. I'm so happy they cast her as a blue fairy. Fucking full slay. It is the only good choice this movie made. Can we talk about how this movie makes Honest John and, uh, what's his name, his, like, boyfriend um oh the yeah the foxes yeah so they make them queer canonically and there's this moment and it's so fucking subtle it didn't need to be there where on the mallet that they take out to like hit pinocchio or there's like the fight there's a heart on the hammer with uh the initials g which is for the one fox and hj for honest john on it yeah so being queer is bad. Um, queer people are also, conmen and the, liars. And... I, and I don't mean to like get back into this, but it's like the worst choice for these characters to be gay because you know what? The running stereotype for gay men in the fucking 40s, 50s, and 60s were that they were pedophiles. So why are you giving this fucking idea to the two characters who are stealing this kid and throwing him to fucking child trafficking? You idiot! Mm-hmm. Like, that is the worst. Those are the worst characters it's to make gay. It's fucking irresponsible. It's so irresponsible and so gross. And it's so subtle and it's supposed to be like, yeah, characters. But it's like, you don't understand the base tropes of what you're doing. And maybe you do, because again, we saw the witches. Why did we add the let's kill Jewish people bullshit of fucking what's his name in mm-hmm. there? Like, why did you bring that of all the shit from that anti-Semitic assholes books you bring back into the witches? It is the let's go hunt them all. Yeah. Tactic shit. OK, big mistake. You're the fact that you don't get this and maybe you do, which is scary gross and then on top of that you're adding all of these little elements it's like you are a filmmaker and i don't mean to diminish this man's credentials you're a good filmmaker you are historically a fantastic filmmaker you've made some of the best films in cinematic history you're responsible for a lot of really wonderful art you're heralded as such too it's not like you're an underdog you are one of the biggest best most accredited storytellers in the world you know the tropes you know the subtlety of subtext you know what this stuff does so king why are we doing it 
Because you're right? doing it on purpose. Because it's not and like why? he's not capable. And he's you so know, capable. Like, and it's just so frustrating. Like, because like I feel like a lot of like older directors like of his caliber have gone this way where they made really great stuff when they were younger and then the newer stuff it's it's like why are you choosing to remake this and then you know half the time it's like oh well it's more to the original story well the original story like has you know like because this is like all you know literature from you know even before they were alive right it's like why are we going back to that when it has these awful horrible tropes these like these things that are like actively bad and actively causing harm. Why are you choosing to ignore that just because you want to make a movie of the witches again? <laughs> yeah, know? it does. It doesn't make any sense. And it's really disheartening because like <laughs> it's disheartening because for me, it's like for what? Like for what purpose is this film? Like for no, no. Like how many times has this story been told? It does not to be need to be told again. And if you're going to tell it again, you have like the right quote unquote right version of this has already been told right mm -hmm. like it's done you're not breaking the mold on anything go off and be a fucking weirdo with it but you choose to be this like casually subversive messy and we I have mean, to I will double say, down like we have to like erase the idea that you know you you brought forward with the last one where it's like oh geppetto is gay like this is like Instead, we have to explicitly show that, oh, no, he was straight and, you know, he had a kid and this is why he wants to build the puppet. And to me, that like takes everything about Geppetto and makes it really creepy because like now it's like, oh, my dead son, which like I get like trauma and all that stuff. But like the way like this man doesn't feel inherently kind in the same way that Geppetto felt inherently kind. And he feels yeah. so in denial where he's not selling his cuckoo clocks. He's not selling his wares to people. He's just kind of like existing in this trauma space. Right. And his wife loved the 100 cuckoo clocks on his thing, which, okay, here's the, my cuckoo clock rant. Oh, okay. So he won't sell the cuckoo clocks because his wife left them. Okay. But his wife was an actual monster is the thing, because who the, fuck could love a hundred cuckoo clocks that are going off at the same time every fucking hour how did they sleep is um one of my questions um two like how what like, are we in the fucking disney store their neighbors all hated them um and like even like they aren't even worth anything when he sold all of his clocks he could only afford the smallest shittiest boat <laughs> like i can't with this well i cannot I also not that like it needs to be whatever, but the the Disney jerk off session of Disney clocks. Oh my like god! Like Donald Duck and Snow White, and I I don't know why I thought I didn't think Zemeckis made this movie, but the Who Framed Roger Rabbit cuckoo clock cameo. That's right. Like, yeah. why was I like surprised that Zemeckis directed this when that was in this film? Like so silly i hated it it was so egregious and like up its own ass that like i i just that happened and already if i wasn't so turned off by jiminy fucking cricket trying to fuck the music box this i was just like i'm i'm so done with this obviously cynthia brought me back in because she's a sleigh but then i just you know something else that took me out so stupid took me so out? bad what the the weird lines in the beginning that doesn't happen anywhere else where they're going from just normal 
speech to couplets to non-couplets to couplets like i was like what the fuck is this like it was incredibly jarring it was not done well it was not a good transition what is this half musical ass shit like what 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 are we doing are we a musical are we committing to the bit like if we're gonna commit commit (laughs) geppetto's house has stairs now why isn't his bedroom upstairs what the fuck is upstairs like i need to know um why did uh we need to interrupt the black family's breakfast like in the morning with that whole like chase them scene or whatever um why is the driver like spanish like for the the pleasure island thing and why is the other kid from new york why does everybody have an accent and pinocchio doesn't have an accent at all despite the fact that he's in italy um oh wait i'm sorry we also fixed sexism because girls are also equal opportunity bad so they can also go to pleasure island um cool um why did we have to show him getting laughed out of school what did that have anything to do with um the smart home oil lamps were pretty cool i did dig that oh i love that um then why does monstro have to have wings and tentacles now like why did we have to like well so i think a lot of those elements were literally just because he was trying to do like but the original text but the original text because as we saw at the end they it's like the italian book implying that most of this was the original text which whatever who cares but just to your point of accent work, they should have fucking committed to the bit. It's a me, a Pinocchio. Like, Something. do it. You if cowards. You fucking you cowards. You fucking cowards. Like, like how dare it's you? It's me, your papa. I'm, a, I'm an older man. I'm my cuckoo, <laughs> my cuckoo. Like, do it. You silly people. Like, you're remaking it. You want to do the original text. Babe, it's Italian. So unless you're doing it in Italian, you better be doing some really fucking bastardized version of that language and make it messy. You need to do it. Um, You can't be racist against Italians. That's new information. And on top of that, they really should have. It would have been so fucking fun. Like, could you imagine if also, and oh my God, here's my pitch. He whittled this little doll, Pinocchio, what if there's a reveal where it showed his hands and he whittled his hands to look like this? Oh my God. <laughs> Both of them. Um, so for the listener, since you can't see what my hands are doing, it is the international sign for Italian fingers for, cupped for and closed. And for all pie. my, and for yeah. all my gays out there, it is what you do when you fist. So let's yep. think about it. So that's what I'm doing. Anyways, uh, cowards for not not Super <laughs> Marioing the shit out of this film. Absolutely. Ugh, tragic. Tragic we didn't get that. I mean, they really just SpongeBob SquarePants Sonic to the hell out of the ending. So like so you're why already not? you're gonna get goofy with it. Get goofy with it, King. Like, why are you being goofy in all the wrong ways? Like, be goofy better. You're good at Goofy. And that's the thing. He's so good at Goofy. So like, good. Back to the Future. Roger Rabbit. Death Becomes Her. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Marwin. What the fuck was that? He's so good at being weird and goofy. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Why Why this? Like, why these? Why this weird, weird choices? It's just... Like, it's a... weird choices. Like, Geppetto and Pinocchio are fucking hanging out, having the best time for a couple days. And never leave the house. So when Geppetto's like, you got to go to school, 
Pinocchio walks outside the door and is like, what's that? Oh, that's the sun, son. Like, I was you know like, what? are you fucking kidding? I also wrote a fun note and I was like, this would have been so funny if in that moment when he's describing what the sun is, what if he casually threw in a flat earther thing or he was like, yeah, it goes around our flat earth or something like that. Like, because science is very old and it's an old story and people didn't think the earth was flat. I think that that would like to me, that's the right amount of goofy where he's like teaching his son the facts of life and he's a flat earther. Like, that's so funny. That's so funny. That would have been Oh my God. Uh, Also, there's like weird moments where like, you know, most kids would stop to smell the roses, but Pinocchio stops stops to to smell smell the the shit. shit. (laughs) I was like, what is this? He fucking got in there and I was just like, why he wanted that poop so bad he was like yummy yummy poop for me please yeah. um give me more poop my name's pinocchio and i want poop oh is that God. whole scene it was the whole scene because he like, and it was like down. way longer He's... than it needs to like he it was... like closes up on him smelling the shit he was nose in shit salivating mm-hmm. ready to chomp want wanting the poop like what a weird scene. And literally, Jess, king of being goofy. Like, this is the weirdest, goofiest shit. Literally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was so unnecessary for what purpose, apart from like, oh yeah, he's a he's a he's literally a wooden doll who suddenly gains sentience. Of course he's gonna be mystified by poop. In the way that children <laughs> who poop are mystified by poop. He can't poop. So suddenly he's like, what is this incredibly pungent? thing here like i have to look at it what is this this is fucking crazy are we seeing this are we smelling this this shit is nuts like of course the doll's gonna do that but like would you include that in a movie no would zemeckis of course he would because again he's fucking goofy also that like uh monologue at the end where like Pinocchio is water skiing to uh, Geppetto's boat and he's like dad I did and he literally recites like scene for scene everything that happened in the movie up until that point and I swear to god it's like 15 minutes of Pinocchio yelling at his dad across the ocean which how can he even hear him I don't know and how does take him that fucking long to cross that distance and his dad's like wow okay you did all that. You did more than I've done in my whole life. And I'm just like, oh, Sponge, my God. <laughs> SpongeBob fucking SquarePants is what that whole scene was. It's so goofy and weird. Oh, my so God. Goofy. Also, like going to Treasure Island, right? Or Pre- Pleasure Island. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Um, Look, these are just a bunch of kids that are, you know, rejecting their place in society. And they're like, yeah, fuck that. I'm going to go have fun. Like, what has the world done for me? Why are Why are we doing that to these kids first of all second of all it looked like hella fun like i was like i would love to to i want to go there i want to go have root beer and go down that little slidey thing and i want to go like swim in a river of candy and i want to go break stuff and like i i want to go do that i want this experience why are we saying that this is not fun because the other one did the same thing too right where Kids aren't allowed to have fun. If kids have fun, then they're not good. And like, I, I fucking hate that. <laughs> I hate yeah. that we're not allowed to have fun. 
I know that their version of like they tamed this down because again, in the other one it was like beer and tobacco and right. like you can do whatever. And this one they were like, this cup I'm giving you is root beer. It's root beer, definitely root beer, not absolutely beer. Absolutely root, root beer. beer. It's absolutely root beer. You oh love. wait, I'm what sorry. You're gonna stick to the the text for every other choice except for beer yeah. and smoking. Like that's and, what we're gonna do. And. I completely That's agree what with you. That's you decided to change. Pleasure Island, total sleigh, like boat to Ferris wheel, sign me up. Ferris wheel to roller coaster, Jesus Christ. Roller coaster to Candy Mountain. Incredible. I'm coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just so fucking cool. And then for that to turn into like a therapy boat ride where we're like engaging in th- uh, like therapy smashing and like tension release, like cool i'm happy these kids have an outlet um i did make a fun tweet i was like the cops in 2020 and it's just a screenshot of the pile of bricks that say free bricks <laughs> outside because remember when cops were leaving around piles of bricks in zones where they yes. knew there would be rioting so they can arrest protesters yes. because fucking cops fucking suck and fuck all cops mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anyways um yeah like sign me up pleasure island looks sick as fuck it looks hella cool um and now that it's equal opportunity and not sexist <laughs> we're about to smash <laughs> i don't know it's so stupid Jess, this movie is like bad like it's so this... bad and we haven't even talked about uh jiminy or pinocchio really oh yet because I, I do mean, Jim... have things to say about them because jiminy looks like he's wearing a luchador mask i don't know who was in charge of the character design for jiminy cricket I even like looked up crickets to like see like okay were they trying to be like oh it's anatomical or it's like you know correct crickets do not look like this he looks like he's wearing a goddamn luchador mask and it was a fucking bad choice and it just took me out immediately I already didn't like his character at least in the other one he was kind of cute but um he's absolutely not cute in this one and like again he fails at everything right away and he's like I can't reach the key motherfucker you're a cricket you just hop you're not that far just hop yeah. on over there what the fuck like he was bad if not worse in this one yeah i did not like him and he was so off-putting he was really off-putting and like pinocchio was different and like weird because like again like now we've recontextualized geppetto right and it's like okay fine and like okay cool we know Pinocchio like mimics behavior of who's ever around right and he keeps saying he just wants to make his dad happy but as soon as he leaves like the house he forgets about his dad because that's fine like you know that's what you do you're literally new to sentience right um then like we have to make sure that you know the girl puppet like shows her ass to him (laughs) right yeah because that's the whole thing we have to do um But then he starts saying things like the only real person I can believe is my father, right? Which like that leads to how many people raise their kids to think that they can only trust their parents and what they say. And then that like turns into people not being critical about like the world that they're in or not thinking for themselves. That's like the opposite of having a conscience. The whole idea of Jiminy in general is just the opposite of having a conscience. It's just somebody telling you what to do at any point in time. Then there's the lying scene, right? Where again, it was fucking weird because like, why is he lying? And he's like, oh, well, I like, how does he know his nose is going to grow? Okay. Like how, how does he know that if he keeps lying that like 
to me, that seemed too smart for Pinocchio. Like, he's not that intelligent. We've never seen him be really intelligent. How could he be? He is brand new to sentience. But then the thing that I fucking hated was that saying sorry takes everything back. When he said sorry, you know, his his nose was suddenly better. Like, oh, you can do whatever you want, but there, because there's no consequences as long as you say sorry. I hate that and I think that's the absolute wrong thing like if you're trying to build like morality or something like it is literally like the worst thing that you can do because like that's just performative is he sorry no he knew what he was doing he knew that was a shit like I I just I hate that yeah it's teaching the wrong message because it's teaching that like performative apologies will get you whatever you need like it yeah it I get where he is trying to go I get the point he was trying to make, but because of the way it was presented, it misses the mark. But everything is okay in the end because he got his dad's approval and that's literally all he needs in the world is just his papa's approval. So how sweet, right? Poor baby. Poor baby. Poor baby. (laughs) Poor baby Pinocchio. Um, Oh God, Jess, if if they had only... It's a me, a baby, a Pinocchio. <laughs> I'm, I'm a real boy. Like, oh my god, I would have eaten it up. Oh my god, it would have been so good. It would have been great. Oh, fuck. If only that this movie would have been much better. It would have been palatable. A papa, maybe. a papa. I met the donkey. <laughs> like, it would have been so fun. It would so fun. But they didn't, yeah. and I have nothing else to say about this movie. Yeah, I'm good, too. Because there's nothing. All right, we're back from Italy. Um, it's me, Pinocchio. Maybe we're not. Um, Eric, what did you think about 1940s Pinocchio? Who was it for? I'm sorry. I should have asked the real <sighs> Who question. Who was it fucking Who for? Who was this for? White people. White people who are bad parents. I will not elaborate. Who do you think it was for? <laughs> okay. So we know the real answer is white Christians, right? Slay. That's who this is for. I'm sorry, white Christian children, right? That's exactly Slay. who this is targeted for. But I think that this is for Figaro. And <gasps> I need the Figaro cut of the 1940s Pinocchio because, again, any time that Figaro was on screen, it was incredible. It was iconic. It was wonderful. It was the most darling and cutest thing. And I was like, yes, this is why I love cats. This is it. This is yeah, I mean, this is them. Figu- Figaro <laughs> was the star. Coolest, cutest. It's just Figaro was, I mean, Figaro was the reason for the season. Figaro was the star of this film. No questions <laughs> asked. Bam. Um, did you like it? Eh, not really. It's like what it's like a whatever film. It's I don't like I don't really think I like strongly dislike it apart from like the some of the themes and the racism because obviously that's like egregious and disgusting, but as a whole like the movie is just I don't get I don't really I don't think I get it. I don't think I get what it's trying to do apart from the Christian shit, which in that case it's like ooh, okay. Um, so actually, you know what? I've convinced myself. No, I don't like it. I don't like Pinocchio. Yeah, I feel the same way because like I kept waiting for like because the whole premise is Geppetto wants a son. He gets Pinocchio 
And then Pinocchio is supposed to like he's supposed to earn personhood, which sucks, right? That in itself yeah. is like you're not born having personhood. You have to inherit that. And you're not real until you follow my values and these strict rules that are set, right? But like I would have loved to see more of an interaction between Geppetto and the the type of person that he is and that softness and and laying some of that foundation. I would have loved to see more of him being a father rather than just Pinocchio like having no context for anything being thrown out into the world because I feel like this movie would have been incredibly different. Um, the, the story in general would be so much more different if, you know, Geppetto had, you know, was able to use these skills that he has, you know, in kindness and softness and gentleness. We see it a little bit as they're falling asleep and he's like answering all the why questions and everything. And I just think that that would have been better. And then giving Pinocchio some sort of context for going and moving through the world and actually like learning rather than appointing an arbitrary character named Jiminy Cricket as a conscience, which if he really is supposed to be like an allegory for Christ, I mean, like he's not there. He doesn't do anything. I mean, I guess that's pretty accurate, right? Yeah. <laughs> um and just gets mad at you when you aren't doing what he thinks that you should do. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, I think we just take Jiminy out altogether. I think we um, strengthen the relationship between Geppetto and Pinocchio. I think when things get hard, Pinocchio talks to Geppetto and they figure out how to navigate this. I think that would be a wonderful thing. And at the end, let's have Pinocchio just be i mean let's just have him be recognized as a person to begin with let's not even yeah. make this a real boy versus a non-real boy i mean what is that when you have sentience when clearly this is a real living person in front of you like don't make them have to earn their personhood yeah the only way that i would be <laughs> interested in a remake of pinocchio is if it was a trans allegory you know what oh, i mean yeah like that would be a interesting. trans like a movie about trans existence by a trans director and trans writer even like i would be so interested in the story because it would say something new about gender it would say something new about what isn't is not real and the acceptance and the absolute disregard for trans existence like it would be such an eloquent and like so, i mean hopefully an eloquent and succinct piece of like queer cinema and they would say something new about a story that already exists in the same way that it exists i think that would be cool yeah i'm into that that would but, be really cool also that's not a story for me to tell but i just think it would be really interesting if somebody told like it just this <laughs> pinocchio is boring as fuck <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> let's make <laughs> let's like tell an interesting story you know what i mean yeah Ugh. uh there are choices to be made and let's made. find out what we thought of the remakes choices Ooh. so 2022 live action pinocchio was this new interesting or the same progressive or regressive how are you feeling about it i'm gonna say it was literally everything you said and that's why it's a problem it was new and interesting and exactly the same because it had a bunch of new ideas. It was interesting because some of them were really fucking wacky and it ended up being the same fucking movie where nothing happens and it's boring and cool, whatever. I think it was progressive in the way that it attempted to include people with disabilities and non-white folks. But I also think it was regressive because they did it incorrect at every fucking moment it was the wrong thing to do at every turn 
um, not in way of inclusion, but in way of perception and the way that these characters exist within this world. Silly and foolish and very, very bad. What do you think? I think everything you said, except I don't think it was interesting. There was no point where I was like kept like, I mean, I guess it was interesting because I was like sitting there laughing on my couch with Danny. Like, just we're just like, like, what? We were like, this is such a bad choice. Like, really? Like, we where's the super speed? Like, what is happening? Okay, cool. Like, we're going to, you know, make the same like, you know, Jiminy Cricket is so fucking corny. Okay. So, you know what? Yeah. Same answer. The end. Cool. Next question. Who is this for? Um, this movie's for the Italians. <laughs> I wish, I wish it was. It wasn't. It really wasn't for the Italians. It was for another bizarre film in the Zemeckis catalog. Like what? Like what? Another weird fucking movie for him to have co-written and directed. Like what is strange? strange piece of filmmaking you know what i mean yeah Just bizarre 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 i'm how bored bizarre, like still bizarre. talking about it i'm yawning i know i'm also very <laughs> sleepy everyone clap for me because i'm so tired everyone I, clap thank you i also uh, i think that this is for um I think Disney with this movie just really wanted to continue their their streak that they have going with live action versions of their animated classics. Um, And it was like, we here we have a whole new thing. We have the opportunity to make this good. But no, no, no. We are on this like really good streak right now. And like if we break it, you know, who who's to say what's going to we we need to keep this going. So um. I think it was for the losing streak of the Walt Disney live action animated classics collection. Whoop whoop. Yes, it was. Did you like it? No. Well, you know what? No, that's actually a lie. I did like it. Um, <laughs> I do. I honestly, is it a bad movie? Without a doubt, it's a bad movie. Did I enjoy myself thoroughly? Absolutely. It's messy and weird and gross and like, bizarre it's such a it's uh whatever it could have been so much better and i could have enjoyed it i did like it it is a bad movie but i did like it what do you think i didn't like it i thought it was boring there were no women so i didn't care no there was <laughs> also no fabiana <laughs> fabiana and the blue fairy but again they were only in it for like two minutes so like how am i supposed to yeah. care about like two hour movie that only has two minutes of women i can't yeah i cannot simply yeah. cannot also, no, I didn't like it because they took all of Figaro's charm away. So fuck them and fuck this movie. They really, they really did make Figaro just a cat. Ugh, hate Terrible. it. Terrible. Okay, I think that's it. Thank oh you God, so much for listening, it. everybody. We did the, it. Wow, we, we did made it. it. We are all. real boys now. We're real boys. That's Slay, good. shout out. Um, congrats to us. Congrats. Thank you to, to the Academy. Um, we couldn't have done it without you. <laughs> Thank you to the Zemeckis estate. And to all that Robert has done for us in cinema. Mm-hmm. Keeping us on the air and Keeping making us. sure we have new and relevant content. <laughs> Thank you. We love and appreciate you so much. Can't we say the love same for you, your new movies. Yeah, but... We love that you ride the line of overt racism and anti-Semitic rhetoric. You go, <laughs> Zemeckis. Slay. <laughs> 
Uh, don't forget to rate and review us on all the platforms that you listen. That would be so cool. Also, follow us on social media when we're not incredibly tired from having to participate in capitalism and oh. working so fucking much. We oh. try to post on there. So get at us. Um, yeah. Yeah. And tell so us what it. you want us to review. We've taken requests before. So if you have requests, get at us. Yeah. Do work. Make You choose for us. Do it. Do it. Do it's it. It's so great. We make so many decisions. It's so it's so much right now. We're tired. We I'm need so a tired. break. Oh, my God. Our artwork and music is by Eric Lefebvre. Our Lefebvre. editing is by Danny Barkley. Thank you again for listening. And thank you, Eric. Thank you, Jess. And remember, stay cute. And stay critical. Bye. Um, it's me. Goodbye. Goodbye from an Italian Pinocchio. This podcast has been brought to you by the Nostalgia Network. Visit thenotstalgianetwork.com for more. Hey everybody, I'm Eric. I'm Shelby. I'm Jake. And we are the band Lousy Advice from the Lousy Advice Podcast. Come listen as we draft artists and genre-centric best-of lists. With the help of our closest friends. These lists are canon. And there's not a goddamn thing you can do about it. From misfits to share. Green Day to Gaga. Or Pup to Paramore. Listen to the Lousy Advice Podcast now or else. Stream us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, The Nostalgia Network, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget that we are the band Lousy Advice, and this is our podcast, The Lousy Advice Podcast. The Lousy Advice Podcast? The Lousy Advice Podcast. Podcast.